So, are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, welcome back to the DTFF Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast. Good evening, everyone. Thank you all for joining us. We truly do appreciate it. We have a wonderful, fun, should be lots of great discussion here, back and forth, uh, talking off-season trade targets this evening. Um it's one of my more favorite episodes to to talk about. Um, just Jake and I this evening, my co-host with the most. Jake, how are you doing? You sounded kind of disappointed by that, by the way, that we are forced to just be us two here. It's like you needed a buffer to come in and help you deal. That's how I choose to take that. <laughs> no, I... That's slight aside, Dustin. I'm doing fine. Well, I just I just want you to know that was no slight towards you. It was more of when we have guests on, it's less talking that we have to do. That's so true. I I, I, mean, I appreciate the less talking, but you know I'll, I'll pull my weight I'm if sure I have to. I'm sure the people appreciate the less talking from the two of us too. Quite frankly, so yeah. no, I get it. It's about the mm-hmm. points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it should be a fun one. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it here. Let's uh, let's not waste any time. Let's do it. Let's shoulder shimmy our way into shoulder, this episode. Shoulder shake it up. All right. So our brew tonight, Jake, was brought by you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, now, this is one I've had before, but I don't mm-hmm. know that you had. And that's why I wanted no, to try. No, I have not. It is from Michigan, from our friends up in Michigan and Elk Rapids. It's by Shorts Brew. And it is a mule beer. That is short for Moscow mule beer. Uh, it's a ale with lime and ginger, and it comes in a fun copper can, the yeah. way that you would drink a Moscow mule. I wish I would have seen it says best served in copper. I would have grabbed my copper mug that I've never used in my life uh, just for this beer. You're so fancy. I don't have a copper mug, so I wasn't able to participate in that. So I put it in my old my old trusty mug mm-hmm. here. But I'll tell you, it tastes good out of glass, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan. Yeah, it's... Taste Definitely that, interesting. Taste that ginger? Very much uh-huh. so. It's very ginger. You can taste the lime. Um, right. I kind of like it. It's it's just yeah, weird. They like, don't I've, fuck around with the taste. I've never had. Uh, I've never done a Moscow meal, so I don't know ginger beer. You know the whole thing with it. I know. You have never had a Moscow <sighs> meal? Never. You have the you have the copper mug. <laughs> I think it came with buying a what? bottle of vodka. I can't help it. <laughs> Yeah, you need to go to the store. You need to get yourself another bottle of vodka. You need to get some ginger beer and some limes and have yourself a night with it. That's just one man's suggestion, though. One man's opinion. Yeah, this is really tasty, though. I really like this. It's four and a half percent. So it's a nice, easy drinker. Uh, Very ginger forward, uh, which I wasn't expecting, Uh, but not so forward where it's like super biting and and harsh. Uh, But you definitely taste it. Um, I like it. And then I don't know if you noticed on the can here. Uh, their trademark, it says, yeah. handmade by people who care, TM. So they, they trademarked that saying. Isn't that nice? They trademarked care, really, is what they did. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, also, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I think I can handmade things with care as well, short screw. But I don't know that it would taste this good, quite frankly. Now, you not having had a Moscow Mule, I will say this is pretty faithful. To me, this tastes like yeah. a legit, straightforward nice. Moscow Mule. So 
Uh, if you like this, you will like the real thing, Dustin. Nice. Yeah, I I would definitely give one a try. Um, I, I am enjoying this beer. So thank you for Yay. sharing. You're welcome. Sharing is caring. I shared because I, oh my God, I was about to say something equally cheesy. But Look I'm at glad us. you got it out first so I didn't have to. <laughs> <sighs> well, to cut down on the cheese, do we? Mm-hmm. I mean, before we get into our amazing trade target episode, mm-hmm. which I do think will be amazing, and mm-hmm. you're right, it's one of my favorites too. But can it hold a candle to our favorite segment? I don't know. Let's hit our drunk trade of the week. Oh, let's try that again. <gasps> no, I'll do it. A- Drunk, 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 program to get my voice that low because it does not typically go that low in any case the drunk trade of the week dustin i am very curious on your thoughts on this one it comes from friend the show at toronto ff8 aka dave on twitter how you doing dave hi dave this is a superflex ppr league he sends this over now there's some context that we will get to after i tell you the the basics here um, but the crux of it is this. He sent away Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, Cortland Sutton, Russell Gage, and a 2023 second round pick. But he sent, or excuse me, he received Jalen Hurts, Cam Akers, Will Fuller, rookie Dwayne Eskridge, a 2022 first and a 2023 first. So a lot of pieces here. Mm-hmm. A lot of pieces. A lot of pieces. This is why it's good that we have this uh, written down in front of us. Sorry for burping at that inopportune moment. Uh, but the, the context, before I get your analysis here, is he had no first-round picks over the next two years. Okay. So nothing in 22, nothing in 23. He had a slightly aging roster. If he didn't win the ship, he would be in a really poor position. Mm-hmm. So he won. Congratulations, Dave. Um, crux of the matter, he says, got my guys. I'm higher on who I got than consensus and slightly lower on who I gave up than consensus. Justin, are you in his mindset or what do you think about this? one? I, oh, this is a tough one. I think names. uh, I, I think I like the scent side better than the received side. Not that I think just it's a bad trade at all. I think it's overall fairly even or it's a fair trade uh, from a value mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, I guess it's just because I'm not as big a believer as others in some of the pieces he received. Um, but I mean, Josh Allen, that's your two firsts. Easy right there. Austin Eckler, Cam Makers. I guess you could make a argument that they're kind of equal sign um, potential from what people are expecting from Akers this year. Cortland Sutler, Sutler, what? What? Did you what? just make up a new uh, NFL player? Apparently, yeah. Cortland Sutton, uh, greater sign than Will Fuller, and Russell Gage for this season at least, greater sign than Dwayne Eskridge. Then that leaves Jalen Hurts for a second, essentially. Uh, Superflex league, so um, 
yeah, I guess Jalen Hurts is definitely worth more than that in a super flex league. So I don't know. I'm not a big believer in Jalen Hurts or Cam Akers. Um, I I think we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but I think that L.A. backfield is going to be a little bit more split than people want to think it's going to be. Uh, when Cam Akers showed out at the end of the year last year. And I know that's what everyone says. Well, look how he performed down the stretch. Well, Daryl Henderson was injured. So by default, he was getting the bulk of the carries. Jalen Hurts, again, we saw a three-game sample out of him where he lit everything up. uh, And he looked pretty good, I'm not going to lie. But I don't believe in him long-term. I think this could maybe be his only fantasy-relevant season, especially if Philadelphia tanks, not tanks, but doesn't perform well. Uh, they could be looking to move on after the season from him. Will Fuller, I've never been a big believer in. Um, and I like Horton Sutton or Russell Gage better than him, I think, this season. Um, and the other, Dwayne Eskridge, eh, just kind of a throw-in piece. So Went to Seattle. I mm-hmm. think that there is a lot of hope for the opportunity that he gets eventually there in Seattle. Obviously, he'll be the number three at mm-hmm. best behind Lockett and Metcalf, but there I know there are people who really like Eskridge just from a talent perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, now I, I will say I, I, we are both low on Cam Akers mm-hmm. than the norm. I yes. think based on where his ADP is, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are, absolutely. At that ADP, we're out on. Um, now, I I actually really am coming around on Jalen Hurts. Okay, I for for this year especially. Yes, the leash is extremely short. But for this year, I'm really liking Jalen Hurts to the fact that he will he just might sneak in my top ten uh, quarterbacks for this year. Ooh. And and I I'm almost confident that that's eventually going to happen. Blame Ooh. Michelle Majuk. She's been pushing Hurts for a long time, <laughs> and I, I finally come to accept it. I'm nervous about Cortland Sutton for this year now. I've been trying to get him in trades, but I'm worried about that quarterback situation. It's very I don't know. It's just very dicey for me right now. So that's my big red flag on those sent people for sure. I also don't think Russell Gage is going to be as involved as people want him to be just because Julio's gone. I think Pitts is basically the true number two wide receiver Mm -hmm. there. Um, Now, with that said, those couple of firsts could be real nice. If you get those firsts to be early, then, of course, you're going to be sitting really pretty. The next couple of years, the draft picks. But but and the, if Will Fuller can just fucking stay healthy, I think this will actually be pretty okay for. Him. But for these first, you, I mean, think about it. You gave it up. You gave up Josh Allen, Austin Eckler, and Cortland Sutton, who are all starters um, and and very high end players. So that the team you sent them to is most likely going to win more games than you think, unless the rest of their roster is complete fair. garbage. So most likely those are going to be in the later half of the the round, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, uh, especially with what they're saying 2023 is going to be. Uh, that's still going to be a very good pick. But uh, chances are that these are going to be later picks just with those players you gave up. So um, while having first is nice, I don't know. You're giving up the youth of Josh Allen and Cortland Sutton. I don't oh, know. Sure. I- I would take the set side here as well. That would be my my preference. But like I said, it, it, overall, it's, just, it's a it's fairly it's it's a it's it's fairly even. I mean, I I don't hate one side. I don't I don't hate the side that uh, Dave received here by any means. Especially mm-hmm. if you especially if you believe in those players. Um, yes, that's you know that that's say. the thing. Get your guys if you believe in those players. Um, it, it's it's not like it's an outrageously bad trade by any means. 
Yeah, that's that's my only point is I think initially just looking at the names on that set list can be very uh it can cause some chagrin mm-hmm. to look at those names back to back and be like, "Oh no, you gave all of them up." But I I do think that there's at least respectable opportunity on what he got coming back. But yeah, I would I side with you. I would take the Josh Allen route as well for that one. Mhm. Okay. Well, thank you Dave for uh, submitting that. It was a lively discussion over it. Cheers. Go, go, uh, you Cheers, know, Dave. if you want to make another trade, then do so and let us know. What yes, do you do? please. Because <laughs> we always love getting these. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Jake, before we hit our meat of the episode, do you want to give a little word from our sponsor here? I would love to. This week's episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is presented by our friends Monkey Knife Fight. Head on over to monkeyknifefight.com. It is the most opportune daily fantasy site out there. The variety, the scope of what they provide you uh, to play is insane. It's incredible. We've both used it. We've both loved it. And uh, what's really nice is that you get a little uh, free something-something. If you head on over there and use promo code DTFF, they will match your initial deposit up to $50. You can go over there now. You can start playing the basketballs, the baseballs, the the footballs, which is the uh, you know English uh, version of soccer, or I should say the, the correct way to say soccer. But in any case, head on over there, play the games that you like, and hopefully win a little bit of money. That's right. Thank you, Jake, for that. Yeah, definitely go check out Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, it is one of my favorite apps, especially in season for football, um, just because I love to have that little extra on the games uh, to give them a little bit more juice. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. So off-season trade targets here. We both have a list of players here that we want to talk about. We'll see if we get through them all. We'll just kind of go until we uh, decide we don't want to go anymore or until we go through all the names and then we're just like, okay, there's the show. So, uh, Jake, so we can't go no more. This is like a dance-a-thon. That's right. It's just a, a matter of sheer will. I like to, to think of it as like an all night skate, you know, back in the day with the roller rinks and, and you're up all night, just, just boogieing around the, the skating rink. I like to think of it as one of those. <laughs> That's fair. I'll take that. That sounds delightful, actually. Uh, do you want to kick us off? Would you love me to to get this beast going here? Why don't you kick us off here? Done. I would love to. And you know, you know where I'd like to actually start with this, by the way, is and I'm going to share something here uh, with the folks who didn't get to see this advertisement, by the way, that came in here. I'm trying to uh, bring this in. Maybe I can't. Oh, maybe I can't actually share my screen. Dustin, I wanted to share that lovely Twitter post that you used. Oh, I'll bring it up here. To, just uh, just give me a moment. Oh, my goodness. So this is where uh, folks listening at home, you should definitely take a quick review of the YouTube for this one. Because this gentleman over to my left, over to my screen left, put the Twitter post up to advertise for this show. Uh, by the way, I have to call out, he always does an amazing job on these that are, are out there. These images, these photoshops that he does are always fantastic. Here, let's, let's pull it up so it's bigger. There we go. <laughs> he's advertising the off-season trade targets episode with two uh, players. That, and spoiler alert, my player 
that I'm going to talk about here first is Robbie Anderson. But this picture, Dustin, you couldn't have placed my photo, which is already pretty cringe-inducing because it's me with the, the head back, tilted back with a supposed to be a beer bottle microphone, which I thought was very clever. But it is positioned in the absolute worst spot on Robbie Anderson's body. You could not possibly move that to a worse location. Well, and, uh, to be fair, I didn't realize I was doing this when I was I was creating this little uh, advertisement for the podcast for tonight. So uh, that was totally oh, really? coincidental. Uh, I don't know where else you would have liked this covering up your your boy's head. So is your head photoshopped on on top of his? Then fine, we could do that. Whoa. But yeah, it just it, it was doesn't an look like I'm chucking beer. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to leave it at that. But yes, listeners, feel free to find that part on YouTube and just enjoy. But I'm going to talk about Robbie Anderson. Uh, and, and not just because of the supposed fondling that I was doing in that uh, little advertisement. But Robbie Anderson, to me, feels like, look, we've been on a roller coaster with him. I've been on a roller coaster with him. I was so on him leading in the 2019 season. And then that totally bit me. And then I kind of, I backtracked and then, um, you know, I didn't want anything to do with him in 2020. He went over to the Panthers. I didn't like him going to a new offense, yada, yada, yada. All he does is finish as a top uh, 30 wide receiver, though, in points per game. In fact, he was right in line with both Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in points per game last year. They were literally back to back to back with Teddy Bridgewater throwing to them there. You factor in another year of Anderson getting acclimated to that system. And more importantly, you have Sam Darnold now reuniting with him. And it feels so good that I, I don't see a way that he doesn't outproduce his 2020 self this year. Uh, Curtis Samuel's gone. Yeah, CMC is back, which is huge. And I'm not undercutting that at all. Uh, but I think this offense hums along a lot more this year and I think the opportunities are going to be there for Robbie Anderson. I'm not super worried about the offseason additions that they made in Carolina mm -hmm. um, from a rookie standpoint. I know that some folks are very much smitten with their draft picks, but I think Robbie has a massive opportunity here and he's never been touchdown dependent, so you don't have to worry about that. He can stay at almost no touchdowns like he has for basically his whole career and still produce for your team. And nobody cares about him right now. If, if Twitter is any indication, certainly if his ADP for this year is any indication, nobody cares. So go offer literally, I don't know, a late second and, and you'll get him. No issues there. So mm -hmm. I, I want him. I'm going to go start making the trades happen for Robbie. I should have done it before the episode, but it is what it is. Well, you'll have a little time here before uh, I, I actually get it posted tomorrow. So uh, go out and make those okay. trades. Try to make those trades now. Um, do you don't. happen to know where Robbie is being drafted in ppr right now for for 2021 i don't know what his adp is right now i know it's uh it's in the late 30s for wide receivers i want to say wide receiver 36 is the last that i checked on fantasy data now, obviously that's just for this year and i i don't only use this year's adp when i'm factoring in dynasty but it is still a good barometer i mean that's what the people expect to happen now and if they're down on him this year then they're probably hankering to get him off the roster yeah so he is currently going off the board at 86 so in the beginning of the eighth round 
Um, he's currently Would wide. Would you take him there this year? Wide receiver, 36 off the board. Um, I think he's, I would take him there. Um, I think he's going to outproduce wide receiver 36 numbers this year. So, yeah, I 100% on board with uh, believing in Robbie Anderson again. Uh, the nice, <sighs> yeah, I mean. We, the, we the, get to go down in this in this sinking ship together if it goes. So that's kind of nice. You know, we'll have company. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I like to see from him last year is that uh, prior to his year in Carolina, he, he was only catching uh, like 55% of his passes where this last year that jumped up to almost 70%. So he was getting, and I don't know if that's part of it. It's just because it's, it was Teddy and, and Teddy is, you know, a little bit more safe with the ball than, than uh, the other quarterbacks he's had, you know, with Sam Darnold. So maybe that does drop a little bit, but just the fact that uh, he was schemed up so nicely in this offense and you saw that catch percentage jump up that much, uh, just bodes really well for this season. I really like that. Yeah, and Robbie's never had the opportunity to really string together consistency for who is throwing him the ball. It's always because Darnold's always been hurt uh, for at least a chunk of seasons there when Robbie was still there playing. And so he was having to deal with all these backups constantly coming in and rotating. And that makes it hard mm-hmm. uh, on any wide receiver. I mean, he he is not infallible. The way that an Allen Robinson might be impervious to quarterback play. Uh, he's not that good. But, yeah, I think Darnold's definite uptick for him in the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So my first player I want to talk about, and I want to preface um, all of my trade targets here. Um, I, I do have multiple Bears players on my list. I just want to say I am not a Bears fan by any stretch of the imagination. I just think they are being seriously overlooked mm-hmm. because the Bears offense has been so terrible this year and or not just this year, previously. And I think this year it's it's going to step forward with Fields as soon as he steps on the field uh, and gets that starting job. This offense, I think, is really going to uh, change and be much more explosive. So as a whole, I think Bears players are being uh, undervalued, and that's why I have multiples on my list. So I just wanted to say that to start with here. Uh, so my first Rip player... Rip that Band-Aid off That's early. right, that's right. So my first player here is Tariq Cohen. Um, he is currently going off the board as RB50 and with an ADP of 120. So he's going at the end of the 10th round for a running back. And I know he's was out last year because of injury, but the previous years, I mean, he's just been a target machine. He's averaged 88 targets a season, um, on top of getting, a, you know, five to six rushes per game. I know that's not great, but you're looking at, you know, total touches of 11 to 16 touches per game, which is what you want for a guy that is going at the end of the 10th round, especially with running backs. Cause after you get through the first, you know, eight or so running backs, uh, there's, there's a bit of a drop off there. Um, so to get a guy this late, um, that people have just totally forgotten about. Everyone's in love with David Montgomery and and how he finished last season. And I saw the blurb from, um, I think it's coach Nagy today that, you know, David Montgomery is, is looking phenomenal or something or picking up right where he left off last season. And uh, it's just like, yeah, people forget they faced some of the worst defenses, rush defenses in the league to end the season. And that's why he was looking so great. Um, 
and Tariq Cohen, he had a major role in this offense when he was healthy uh, ever since he came in the re- league as a rookie. So uh, I think people are seriously overlooking him, forgetting how involved he was in this offense. And uh, yeah, it, to get a guy that that's going to give you that many touches per game that late in the draft, I think is a steal. And um, you could probably get him for a third round pick. I would think right now pretty easily. So um, that's someone I want to go yeah. off and uh, and get on my team. I think Tariq is probably going to be available on somebody's waivers mm-hmm. out in your dynasty leagues. Like, Chet, I, I, I would almost bet that on like 25% of leagues, he's on waivers right now. So you could scoop him up if you had to. And yeah, yeah, third would absolutely get it done. The only question is, are you concerned at all about the injury? And, and about, like, is he going to be able to to do the things that he did? Because he was never a huge, like, yak, uh, you know, right. running back, pass catcher. But he was but he was absorbing targets like crazy. But so, so are you worried about the injury at all, I guess? Not really, especially for uh, uh, a late round pick like that you're going to throw at him. I mean, most of the time your third round picks don't pan out to be much of anything anyway. So... If you get him for a third and he does pan out, well, that's great. You just made money. But if not, well, your third round pick probably wasn't going to hit anyway. So it's really no loss. Yeah, it's just peeing in the wind with third mm-hmm. round picks, basically. Which um, you should never do. What, what, my, what am I future? Call, <laughs> you really should. Uh, it's it's hazardous to those around you, especially. And to yourself, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. No, what am I, uh, what are the points I'm going to bring up here for a quote-unquote trade target that is not a player? I'm going to get into my thoughts about those late-round picks that you're you're trading away at this time. But yeah, I think you hit it on the freaking head in terms of that, in terms of the third-round pick, who even gives a shit mm-hmm. <laughs> at this yep. point in time? Uh, my guy that I'm trying to go after my strategy here this offseason, I think, is pretty simple for wide receivers, for mm-hmm. the most part. It's just taking the most undervalued out of a wide receiver duo or trio that I think is on a really high-powered offense and is bound to see a lot of targets, but by way of being second or third on their depth chart is getting no attention and no love right now. And some of it's just because of shiny new toys, and that's absolutely the case with Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is, we talk about PPR monsters with Tariq Cohen being one of them. One of my faves of the last few years has been Jarvis Landry because he's the most underappreciated, disrespected uh, mammoth of a PPR wide receiver that you can have last year notwithstanding. But nobody cares because he's not flashy. He's not a huge name. And that's Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's just the second coming of Jarvis Landry. T. Higgins blew up last year. And so, of course, T is going to be at the top of everybody's heart radar. Uh, and then the newcomer, Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. again, very flashy, very exciting rookie coming in the mix, gets to play with Joe Burrow again. They get to reunite, and that's wonderful. Uh, but Tyler Boyd's just going to be sitting there in the slot, taking all of those quick passes that Joe Burrow is going to be forced to make yet again this year because they didn't really improve their offensive line the way that I think most of us wanted them to. You know, they for they forewent uh who was it? Penny Sewell, I think, was who mm. they were targeting yep. hypothetically in the first round as an offensive line and passed on him to get Chase. And they made some additions um to that offensive line, but I don't 
So Boyd's going to, I honestly think right now, Tyler Boyd will lead <laughs> that team in targets. And you probably won't get much at all from touchdowns. Uh, and that's fine. But he's going to probably get you, you know, 120 maybe targets because that offense is just going to be zoom, zoom, zoom. Mm-hmm. And screw Joe Mixon. He can have like 20 targets, I guess. That's fine. <laughs> no, Mixon will, will get his too. But mm-hmm. uh, I really love Boyd because there's he's another one of these guys. Let me look at where he's currently being valued for uh, redraft. So all three of these these teammates, this wide receiver trio from Cincinnati. Here's the order for right now. T. Higgins is wide receiver 27. Jamar Chase is wide receiver 31. And then Tyler Boyd is wide receiver 33. My speculation here, for what it's worth, I think that that gap widens a lot once we get closer to the actual season. Mm -hmm. And I think Boyd can be had at least a round and a half, maybe more behind Jamar Chase. I, I'm more comfortable taking Boyd than any of those guys. And his age be damned. He's like 27, so he's basically dead. But I'll take him on my dynasty teams for sure. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, too, is Cincinnati doesn't have a tight end, so to speak, um, that, that is a pass-catching tight end. So Boyd is essentially going to fill that role over the middle, the shorter routes, like you said, out of the slot. He's basically going to be a bona fide uh, tight end playing the wide receiver position. So he's going to gobble up all those underneath targets. And I love Tyler Boyd. I love, I, I mean, I loved him for a couple years now. I, I've been a big fan of his uh, and his play. And yeah, he's going to be just terribly undervalued. And what would you be willing to give up in a trade for, for Boyd here? This is another one. Give up a second round pick pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I have zero qualms with that. And I think that that's fair. Maybe you need to throw in a sweetener if somebody really loves this offense the way that I love this offense. Uh, but, you know, a second round pick and then maybe a, a kind of lesser wide receiver with upside that that people might be excited mm-hmm. about would easily get that done. Yeah, they do have CJ Ozama as a tight end. I have to put that out there. But I'm not worried about CJ Ozama. <laughs> no. No, yeah, I, I was thinking second, uh, second as well. I think could easily get it done. Um, yeah, it's just with Higgins blowing up like he did last year, and then you know with uh, Jamar coming in. Yeah, he's going to be the forgotten man, and I will scoop him up wherever because I think, like you said, another Jarvis Landry. I think that's a great comp for him. Is that he's just it's not going to be sexy, but he's going to be consistently giving you, uh, you know, probably wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two weeks, week in and week out with those, you know, matchup depending blow up weeks of high end wide receiver two, possibly low end receiver one, uh, just depending on how the matchup goes that week. So um, I love that. I, I, like I said, I love him. I love that call. I love it, Jake. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yes. I love that. You said he's not sexy. He is not arrow postal. He's like JC Penny. But like really good value, or like Coles when they're really discounting everything, you can go in and get stuff for like ten dollars. That's how I feel. The quality's there. Yeah, it's just not very sexy. Yeah, so he, he's I, I, he's 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 Izod basically. Ooh, I, I love that. I there should be a brand endorsement for boys with Izod tomorrow. Uh, I'm very excited for your next player. By the way, I. You got into the show sheet before I did. Uh, I sure did. Always terrible about this. But this guy would have been at the top of my list. So let's hear it. Yeah. And this, honestly, 
a spoiler, might be one of my guys for the season. Um, just I know, and I know we're both really high on him, and we really we've had multiple discussions about this guy. Uh, it's Debo Samuel. He is currently uh, wide receiver thirty three off the board, eighty third uh, for ADP, which again puts him at the end of the seventh round. Uh, I, I don't know what else I can say about him. He's um, electric when he gets the ball in his hand. I know there's that injury concern. Um, he's been dinged up every season he's in the league. And going back to college, too, he had some injuries. But, I mean, this guy is just electric. And I know everybody likes Brandon Ayuk. And you can say, you know, George Kittle, you know, he's a major part of the offense, which he is. And I'm not saying Debo is going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to be a very solid wide receiver two for you week in and week out. Uh, and in the Shanahan offense, he's not only going to be catching passes, he's going to be doing those jet sweeps and getting um, the running plays as well. So, um, you know, they're going to use him in a very creative way. And I think he is he is going to be the uh, wide receiver to have in this offense over Ayuk. Obviously, Kittle's number one. I mean, that that's not going to change, but uh, I think he's going to be the number two on this offense. And again, just getting him so late is a steal. And I think you could probably get it done in a trade for like a second and a third, maybe Um, again, depending on your league and if someone just doesn't believe in him. uh, But I would have no problems giving up a late first for him either. If I if I was competing and I I knew my first was going to be in the you know, 10 to 12 range. I would have no problems giving, yeah. giving that up for him. Uh, he's still so young and in a high octane offense, especially once Trey Lance gets in there. Um, it's just wheels up for him. Oh God, Jess. I love what you said about the rushing utilization. Cause he's going to get that Robert Woods esque usage in that way, which is always low key. Like you don't think of him that way, but he's, he's going to get plenty of it. And I don't think any of these guys, Kittle included, surpassed like 100 targets this year. And so I want the guy who's going to be used more and more vertical way, which is Debo. Let me ask you this. So I did just trade for Debo a couple of weeks back, and this is what I had to give up to get him. So I gave up a 2022 first and a 2022 third and got back Debo and a 2022 second. Oh, smash. So kind of hedging there, right? I'd, I'd smash that all day. Yeah. Yeah, really just moving up, you know, or taking a drop back from the first down to the mm-hmm. second and then tossing in a third. I mean, yep. I'm so cool. With that. Yeah, I would smash that all day long. Like that, that, yeah, that's a no brainer. I also traded for him um, in season or towards the end of this last season. Um, wish I had the trade pulled up here to look at it. But yeah, I, I got him what I thought was a pretty good deal as well. Again, because people want players that produce and he's been injured and I was able to get a good deal for him. I want him on the field or I want him off my team is the mm-hmm. mentality that you should be taking advantage of during the season. Absolutely. That's right. Ugh, that makes me so happy. Uh, almost <laughs> as happy as this running back. Talk about a potential spoiler at my guy. My my drinking buddy here might be, might be this next man up too. It's Chris Carson for me. Uh, the thing with Chris Carson, I mean, the common theme to this point has just been kind of disrespected or forgotten mm-hmm. players, which, of course, they make the ideal trade target uh, candidates um, because they're, they're not top of mind. And so it's like, oh, yeah, somebody wants to give me something for this guy? Cool. But Chris Carson, he just never, ever, ever gets the respect that he deserves. And last season especially, I was so impressed because Seattle 
went through that whole changeover midseason mm-hmm. of, oh, psych, we're not going to be super pass heavy like we were to start the season. Now we're going to downshift. We're going to take the ball out of Russ's hands. We're going to make a super uh, big dive into the run game instead. The traditional Seattle Seahawks run game. And Chris Carson, he did get injured last year, middle of the season. And that shift actually aligned with him getting injured. And I wonder if that wasn't a big almost proponent of it is they leaned on the running game even more when he came back. But what was so impressive is when he was there as the pass heavy Seattle offense and he was the running back, he was getting targets like crazy. Mm -hmm. And then when he went away and he came back and then they shifted to a run heavy team, then he was just getting carries like crazy. No matter what, he was heavily involved. And that's as much as you can hope for, because we don't know what this new offense is going to look like this year for Seattle. But the fact that it didn't matter last year what they were doing, he just kept on getting touches, kept on getting touches, kept on scoring. Chris Carson for, let's call him a one-year rental. Because I don't know, most running backs, if they're not part of the youth movement, if they are not literally rookies or sophomores, they all kind of fall into a similar tier for me. Like, I don't expect any of these guys to play on my dynasty team for more than a couple years at this point. I just, I can't trust it. I mean, injuries and whatever, they they rack up. So now you've got Chris Carson, who I, like, I think he's going to be a fringe right, running back one pretty easily this year. Mm-hmm. And in points per game, I think he even smashes that because I'm not projecting him to play all 17. Um, but even if he plays 14, you're going to be super happy with what he gets you. And you could so easily, again, go out, get him for a second round pick. Unless that team that he's on is a major contender, I think they're going to be pretty comfortable with that. He's RB20 right now in uh, in redraft ADP, which by the way, in redraft, RB20, Chris Carson, I am taking that every time, every single time. Yeah, same here. I love Chris Carson. Again, someone I've been a fan of for the last couple seasons and just always gets the disrespect and none of the accolades he deserves. I think people still have that uh, bad taste in their mouth that he, that he's a fumbler because uh, he had that stretch of games in 20, was that 2019, early in the season yeah. where he had just a shitload of fumbles. Uh, but hey, PD uh, let him play through it and uh, never took him out of the games and um, he just continues to produce. And again, solid RB2 with potential to be an RB1 upside uh, on a week-to-week basis, depending on matchups. So I, again, love him. Uh, uh, I have nothing else to say about it because I do. I just love him. Like, like you summed it up perfectly. Yes, I did it. I did it. I could go to debate club today and I could, if the, if only the topic was Chris Carson, I could crush it. I want to go to that debate just so I could uh, see you, you debate chant, him. Would you do like the Would you do like the DX chance in the crowd on my behalf? I'll just do like a single the, person the wave. Stone Cold what? No, I'll just do a single person <laughs> wave. <laughs> so really, just kind of standing up and sitting down. Yeah, a whole bunch. Yeah, we're, okay. We're waving my arms in there, you know. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'll take it. I will take it. Well, Who that's all you you're have, gonna get. Uh, a- <laughs> fine, fine. Who do you have up next here? Uh, next, uh, another Chicago Bear, and that is Mr. Darnell Mooney, uh, drafted last year from the Bears. I believe it. he was a fifth-round pick, I want to say. Um, currently, he is the 58th wide receiver off the board. 
um, with an ADP of 143. So he's going in the 12th round of, of uh, drafts right now, which to get him on your team at that point is stealing. That is going to be straight cash right in your pocket uh, if you can get him. And I'm sure you could get him for like a late second or maybe a couple of thirds right now. Uh, he is going to be the number two on this offense. Uh, you got Allen Robinson. He's going to get his. And he flashed last year. Like like he had a pretty decent rookie campaign here. So he had mm-hmm. 98 uh, targets with 61 receptions, 631 yards, and four touchdowns. Plus, he he threw on four rushes, didn't do much with it. But the fact that he got almost 100 targets last season as a rookie with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles throwing him the ball, um, and you give him a much more accurate passer like Fields is going to be, um, the, this he's just he's being severely overlooked you need to get him on your roster he is going to outproduce his adp significantly and you'll regret it if you don't jump on the train now uh, i have a feeling if you don't make that move right now by the time uh training camp starts here um uh, in a month and we start seeing people in pads and, and playing i think the hype uh for him is really gonna take off quickly so get in on it while you can I'm I'm down. My only question is possible anymore to get him. Uh, I I would hope so. And if you can get him for two thirds, absolutely. I and I only base this on Twitter because that's where I get all mm-hmm. of my hype from. Is <laughs> Twitter hype? And not everybody's on Twitter or pays attention to it that much. Um, and some folks might not even really be super cognizant of who he is at this point. Mm-hmm. But it will be after this year. That's right. So, Get in on the ground floor, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, so smurfly. Yeah. This is the amount of Bears players is concerning. It's very uh, concerning. Believe me, when I saw it, I was like, I thought <laughs> I thought about um taking one or two of them off just so I couldn't say I had a bunch of bears on my team. But I really like these guys. I think I think you can get them for really good value. So that's what it's this yeah, is all spoiler about. Spoiler alert, he's not done yet, listeners. Uh, but in the meantime, I will take a break from the Bears action. With, and this is going to sound icky. Maybe as icky as the sound of, of these Bears players, honestly, and back-to-back. It's Cam Newton, though. So Cam, if, if there is one player that is rostered the most on all of my current Dynasty teams, it is Cam Newton, actually. I'm sorry. And most of them I just got last year, and I stuck it out, and I held on to Cam. You don't have to be sorry, because last year Cam Newton actually did great things for my Dynasty teams. Um, he put me in contention in leagues that I really had no, no real purpose being in contention in. Um, he was not good as a passer last year. Let's get that out of the way. Cam Newton was not good as a passer in his first year with the Patriots. But let As we saw with Zeke, that can really take uh, some of the life out of you. Obviously, yes, then being on a new offense, and not any new offense, Bill Belichick's new offense, with his top receiver being Nikhil Harry. I, actually, he, he probably isn't even the top guy. It was like Demir Bird or Jacoby Myers. These names where if if you're not a diehard football fan or a diehard Pats fan, you're like, who, who the hell are these guys? That's who he had to work with the entire season. 
And I'm not saying that a really good quarterback shouldn't be able to work with what he has. And yes, Tom Brady has worked with some variations of that kind of terribleness in, uh, in the Patriots offense before. Sorry, Cam Newton's not Tom Brady. I don't know what to tell you. But he was great when you factored in his rushing ability last year, which for fantasy purposes is better most of the time than having a really great passer. So Cam Newton, quarterback 15 last year. Did it feel like that? Probably not because he looked super gross. His percentage, his completion percentage was actually fine, though. It was respectable. It was it was better than Ben Roethlisberger's completion percentage, but he didn't throw for 3,000 yards. And worse, he threw for single-digit touchdowns. Oof. But he saved you because he had 12 rushing touchdowns. He had 137 rushing attempts, 600 rushing yards, and that's a tired, COVID-weary Cam Newton. What I've seen the last few days from training camp reports, it looks like Cam is kind of getting himself back. Uh, he went 17 for 21 in the last mini camp recap that I saw. Like, just actually looked really good. Uh, making accurate passes was was just doing good things for Bill, for Papa Bill. That's all he needs to do is impress Bill enough to keep Mac Jones off the field for one season. And that's all you're going to get out of Cam, unless he gets traded to some place and magically ends up with another starting job. It's not the most likely thing in the world, but for one year, for one year, you might not even have to offer a third round pick to get Cam Newton on your roster. And as we said, a third round pick, is just pissing in the wind. So if he doesn't start this year or if he starts five games this year, so what? You're not out nothing. But now he's got actual receiving weapons. He's got two amazing tight ends. He's got James White coming back to help him out. He is a sneaky, sneaky quarterback for this year. And like literally a couple of fourth round picks could get him on your team. So I'm taking. Yeah, I like that you said, Jake, um, COVID weary, because I mean, people have to remember he did have COVID. um, And I just don't think he was ever quite right the rest of the season after he came back from that. Um, You could tell things just weren't clicking. Although I I also will say I've also seen the... um, clips from mini camp here where cam is making some awful throws so um it's not like his his accuracy is somehow going to magically be better uh just because he's in another year of this patriots offense and you know he doesn't have covid anymore so um i i I think you're right though one year rental is probably it depending on how the season starts for the patriots if 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 they are like because I, I think they play Tom Brady and the Bucks like week four, week five on the season. If they are like mm. one and four, like one and three, one and four after that, and they get pummeled by Mr. TB12, I could see them just being like, okay, we're going to s- switch out uh, and go with Mac Jones um, if Cam isn't playing at a decent level. So I have a little bit of hesitancy sure. for it. But like you said, getting him for as cheap as you can – um, especially in a super flex league where quarterbacks are gold, I, I don't think that that's a a, a bad uh, dart throw here at this point. Goddamn right! I just want to say he had a higher completion percentage than Matt Ryan. That's so that's, that's not crazy. That's not bad. I think that it's just his bad throws are really really bad, and so it's easy to fixate on those. But you know, hey, that defense should look a lot better. He shouldn't have to try and do as much either, mm-hmm. and that should help. You know, stay in games. I'm just, again, I'm making excuses for him to an extent, but he's so cheap. 
He's so cheap. Mm-hmm. All right, Dustin, let's let's complete this hat trick. Here. All right, my last bear I'll be talking about this evening um, is is Cole Komet. They're they're tight end, uh, another rookie last season that they had drafted uh, and drafted fairly high. I believe he was second round pick, if my memory serves me right. And um, he's currently going off the board as tight end twenty eight. He's free. Um, if if you're in a redraft league, he's his ADP is three ten. So he's going outside of, of uh, he's going like round 20 right now in startups, which is criminal for the guy that we saw uh, really flash the second half of the season. And I know the corpse of Jimmy Graham is still on that team and they oh. just, and they just signed another tight end and Jake, Butt, but they love to have their tight ends on their team. What can we say? Uh, the, the bears can never have too many tight ends. But Cole Komet is the real deal here. Uh, and this is going to be the year where he really breaks out. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I don't think, is going to be that big a factor. He'll probably have that game or two where he gets the ball out or scores a couple touchdowns. And, you know, we're all pissed off that he vultured a couple touchdowns from Komet. <laughs> but I think overall, Komet is going to be uh, the tight end on that offense. And again, like I said, with with Cohen and, and Mooney, uh, when Justin Fields gets in there, it's going to open up the entire offense, which will in turn open up more things for Komet. Uh, and and usually it takes two to three years for tight ends to really develop and see what they get into um, as players. And we saw him develop throughout the course of the season last year where was not very involved. And then by the end of the season, he was much more involved with that offense and making plays and showing why they drafted him so high. So uh, this year, yeah, he's I'm all about the Cole Komet. And um, there goes my love for the Bears. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, I got I'm all itchy have, and twitchy now. I don't I don't know must how. Be I... exhausted, honestly, after after carrying that load for the Bears here this entire first part of the show. But I can't I can't disagree with you. Like, and it was just a few short months ago that Cole Komet was everybody's favorite darling. But mm-hmm. now, like you said, the the ghost of Jimmy Graham is lingering. Take advantage of that suppressed value now that mm-hmm. people are worried about. Because everybody wants somebody who's going to produce this year. Even if you know in your head, tight ends don't produce for at least a couple years. People want the now thing. And so mm-hmm. if you can take advantage of that impatience, then by all means, do it. But you think, I mean, tight end premium, you think a second would be too much? Or is that appropriate? I don't think it would be too much. No. Especially because, like I said, I think he's going to be the real deal. Um, and I know saying top 10 tight end, you know, isn't saying much, but you're going to get someone that's going to be consistently producing year in and year out for you. So mm-hmm. I have I have no problems with that. Okay, fair enough. Second, uh, I'm going to put that right in the old brain bucket and maybe send out some trade offers after this show for Cole Komet. Uh Here's one that's not a value. So most of my picks, and I believe most of yours too, to this point, they're value-based. Mm-hmm. It's get these guys because people are not thinking about them. People are thinking about this guy. People love this guy. I would say but so. I still believe that now is the time to go out and try and get him on your team because people are going to love him even more after this year. It's Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Cardinals. Look, he is valued uh, fairly, I think. He's the QB3 in terms of um, ADP, I believe. Let me just double, triple check that. But, uh, yep, QB3 behind Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. 
So for redraft, you have to spend up for him. You have to be willing to take a QB early. I'm not for redraft. This is not a redraft selection here. This is a dynasty trade target selection. Kyler Murray finished as the QB3 last year behind Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. But he did that while playing hurt the majority of the season with a shoulder injury. He it was throwing shoulder. He was not nearly 100% for the majority of the season. He still finished as QB3. Getting him back healthy in his third year now in old Cliff Kingsbury's uh, offense is going to be special. He didn't crack 4,000 yards passing last year. He's going to smash that this year. He's going to Mm -hmm. absolutely smash that. The Cardinals have one of the highest rates of play amongst all NFL teams. It's all they want to do. They want to hurry up and run plays. It's like the old, um, oh God, who is the old terrible Jets coach? That, but that's why you liked him is because they just kept firing off plays. No, Rex, before Gaze. Rex Gaze. Ryan. Rex Ryan, thank you. It's it's like that kind of system. You weren't specific Except enough. This when, one actually works. You weren't specific <laughs> enough when he said terrible Jets coach. So That's on me. I will take that. That's on me. But this the, the, the difference is this actually works. Like this style of offense, it actually works. It's just fast and efficient, though. Um, but his you can't ask for too many better weapons. I mean, look, I'm not the hugest A.J. Green fan. I don't think anybody is. I also think he has something left to give. And I know when we had Andy Holloway on the the uh, show here a couple months back, he was hopeful for A.J. Green. But it doesn't even matter because they add rookie Rondale Moore, who a lot of people are super high on. He has that, it's overused, but that Tyreek Hill-ish speed and skill set. And you pair that with DeAndre Hopkins. Um I'm very excited, Sands injury, to see Kyler Murray mm-hmm. very likely show at the end of the season as the 1B to Pat Mahomes 1A for dynasty purposes. So take this small discount that you can get right now, because I truly don't think um, it's going down. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. I think people don't realize how devastating, I shouldn't say devastating, how much that injury really hampered him last season. Um, and. Yeah, so while I agree, if you can get that little smidge of a discount you can right now, uh, you'll you'll be happy for years to come. Uh, yeah, I agree this offense is poised to take off this year and um, really be explosive. So I, I like that. Woo! Okay. That was a high-profile one. Yeah. All right, let's, let's hit it. Should we do one more each? Absolutely. All right. Um, then I'm going to choose because I had a couple more on here. You know, we're going to stay with the Cardinals. Uh, on this one, uh, I, I'm going to say James Conner uh, is someone you should be targeting this offseason. I know he didn't look good last year, but let's be honest, that Pittsburgh offense didn't look great at all last year. Their offensive line was atrocious. Arizona has a better offensive line, the better offense altogether, I feel like. I mean, better quarterback. I think the wide receivers are all comparable. Um, they've got... Tight end is comparable. I guess you could give the edge to Pittsburgh if you're going to say Ebron's a better tight end, but you know, neither offense really focuses on the tight end. Let's put it that way. Um, And James Conner, I think he's going to come back. He's going to be healthy this year. I think he is going to get the bulk of the rushing attempts on this team where Chase Edmonds is going to be the receiving back. Um, Not that Conner can't catch the ball, the backfield, but uh, I feel like, he he's going to get the bulk of the rushes, especially around the goal line. I think he's going to get a 
just a mitt full of touchdowns. And I think especially with where they're being drafted between Edmonds and Connor, the value is with Connor. And if you can get him, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. He'll be a, a weekly flex option uh, uh, for you, um, possibly even a, a low end uh, running back too, um, if if he does get the bulk of that workload in that offense. So uh, get him while you can. Again, maybe not a long term investment for for you. Maybe it's just a year or two uh, before he hits that running back cliff. Uh, but in the in this offense, I I think he's he's going to get plenty of work. I fully agree. You saw Kenyon Drake do it. Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. is not. I don't know that there are people out there that could honestly argue Kenyon Drake is a better football player than James Conner. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is like how healthy is he going to be all yep. year? But on a points per game basis, give me that top 20 running back, mm-hmm. which he's going to be. And, mm-hmm. and and then if he's hurt, you don't play him. And too bad. Then you, yeah, you have to give up, again, that couple of third round picks or mm-hmm. whatever it is you end up trading for him. Um and I really do think a couple of thirds could maybe get it done for him. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like it. We're all in on the Cardinals offense. Yep. I think as any rational person should be. Correct. Amundo. Now, my last trade target is not a player. I did some foreshadowing earlier, which you might have caught. It was very subtle. Uh, but I am targeting 2022 first round picks in this offseason starting now. And you could add in 2023 first round picks too. And the only reason that I'm bringing this up is we kind of hinted at it even during the drunk trade. It's like, you know, Dave got those picks back and that could be a boon to him. And even if they're late round first picks, they're, they're going to be very valuable. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard about the 2022 class is that's not super deep. This year's class, of course, very, very deep. Everybody thought, you know, initially it was three rounds of, mm-hmm. of magic, basically. And then it got trimmed down a little bit as we got closer to the actual draft or after the NFL draft happened. But this is not projected to be that deep. Mm-hmm. However, we are now in the point of the offseason where next year's picks don't mean anything. People want the players now that they see hyped up in training camp, that they see about to be hyped up in practices on their team because it's nothing but upside and it's it's only the positives that people are seeing right now for the majority of these players so start trading away as these people get hyped up but really haven't done anything to deserve it or earn it Mm -hmm. start packaging those players if you have to to get these first round picks and unless you truly truly believe (coughs) in the untapped potential that's there because and if you believe yourself to be a great uh, rookie prospector and they haven't played snap yet, then, you know, do you, obviously. But I'm just saying there is no better time to start getting those than right now. Because you're not even having to give up the sure uh, seen it on the field value of players right now because mm-hmm. you haven't seen it on the field. And once you do see it on the field, you might not be able to get a first round pick for them. Uh, so I really think that this is the ideal time frame. I would say now, literally until right up to start the season, start trying to acquire those picks uh, and and get that boatload of picks so that you can also then start turning around and trading them away right after the uh, NFL season and, and make a, a second haul, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah, and like I love that you said right now those picks, people are not thinking about 
the draft next year and how valuable those picks will become once we are done with the season and the combine happens and all that. So yeah, right now those picks are as cheap as they're going to get. Uh, the 2023 picks, if you want to look out a couple years, those are even cheaper at this point. So, uh, yeah, go out and get those. It's like you said it perfectly. If, if you believe you are a great, um, college Debbie, you know, analyst or, or a prospector, however you want to say it, you know, if you feel like you can really ID those players and, and you know what you're going to get in those first round picks, by all means, go get them. Especially if you don't feel like your squad's quite ready to compete this year, uh, get that value high and, and, and acquire multiple picks for players. Um, so that you have more ammunition to reload for your team. Heck yes. Heck yes, Dustin. So with that said, we're, we're going to go start making trades probably right now. Probably. Uh, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anybody yeah. else you wanted to highlight here before we kick off? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. Right. I feel good about this. Me too. Now watch us have a, a ridiculous amount of overlap amongst our league. See, the thing is we don't play in a dynasty league together at this point. So we mm-hmm. can go out and get all of these players individually and we don't have to compete over them right now right that's the bonus to not playing in the dynasty league currently together i mean there's a lot of downside but that is at least the silver lining mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so um thanks again for tuning in folks um we're gonna sign off here for this week um go on to apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and download your podcast give us a rating and review we really do appreciate it uh if we get some really good ones we'll read them on air here for you guys um just because you know we like to hear good things about ourselves and and puff up our chest so to speak a little bit um so yeah please do that um and really if you do it on apple podcasts it helps our podcast get more exposure uh which is what we all about we we always like to have more exposure right jake i mean not too exposed uh, you know, like we wouldn't have wanted Robbie Anderson to be any more exposed in that promo picture. We're not talking that level of exposure. But yeah, we like the, the PG exposure definition. Yeah, so please go out and do that. Um, and Jake, why don't you tell folks where they can find you out there? They can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find our podcast at Drinking Fantasy. And I should say um, we do have on our webpage uh, drinking and talking ff.com. Uh, we do have player projections for next season out there. Uh, we are Jake and I are going to be throwing out our consensus rankings for redraft for the season very soon. Uh, we're probably going to be throwing out uh, some tier based drafting, uh, some tiers for players. So lots of good stuff here on the horizon as we're getting closer to uh, the start of the redraft season. So keep an eye out for that. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. If if if, uh, if you agree or disagree, let us know. We love to have that uh, engaging conversation on Twitter. Um, as I said, at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. So until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up, shut up.